Welcome to Minding Your Business podcast hosted by Shubham Bell. Minding Your Business podcast is a series of candid episodes that take you through the lived experiences of different people in business and beyond through casual conversations. It throws light on the speaker's stories and seeks to address the underlying issue of mental health and destigmatize it. Through this podcast, we hope to encourage our listeners to reach out for help and take better care of their own well-being. A bit of the adult talk a bit of humor and hopefully a lot of learning for everyone please be aware that we will be talking about mental illness and the episode may include discussions related to imposter syndrome burnout and failure eating disorder low self esteem and low self confidence panic attacks and more if you find the content distressing please be kind to yourself take a break if you need to and if you need support please reach out to professional help in the university or outside links to which are given in the podcast description and in case of urgent support call lifeline 24/7 on 13114 now without much ado let's move on to the next episode we hope you enjoy it Hello everyone and welcome back to Minding Your Business podcast. I am your host Shubham Bed and today we will be focusing on imposter syndrome and dealing with self-doubt. Well, the human brain is a complex network of thoughts that can often be misunderstood not just by others but also by ourselves. As humans we are susceptible to self-doubt in situations that appear to be insurmountable. But what happens when this situation persists not outside but in our own thoughts? we feel like imposters not worthy of what we have or not competent enough to do something if not all many of us may feel this way or may have felt this way in the past imposter syndrome can be experienced by anyone hence it is impost- important to spread awareness around it today we have with us Renu Leon hailing from Uti a small hill town in southern india he completed his post graduation in chemical engineering from national university of singapore and was the recipient of the Singapore MIT Alliance Merit Scholarship over the past 8 years of his professional career he has been involved in various roles in r&d product development and product management in the medtech and healthcare industry he has to his credit multiple publications and patents encompassing the fields of pharmaceutical drug delivery and smart polymers renu has had extensive experience working out of the apac region and has been invited as speakers at leading universities in singapore and in india currently renu is pursuing a full time mba at australian graduate school of management and is the lgbti leadership excellence scholarship fellow today he is keen to share about feeling like a double minority all his life and how he uses the intersectionality to steer his path ahead welcome to the podcast renu firstly hello shubham and to everyone who's listening thanks for having me here today um so i'm i'm excited to be here and share my thoughts on imposter syndrome and how one should not feel like a fraud despite the very inherent feeling that they might have so i'm happy to be here thank you so much anu for taking the time out and being here to begin with reno um what has your story been like uh, why do you think that people do experience uh, imposter syndrome Yeah to start with uh, so um if you had uh, observed in my introduction I do emphasize on the double minority 
not word for so today because um, for a larger larger period of time, I felt that way. So growing up in India um, in a very conservative religious background, and also as a member of the LGBTI community, um, I've always felt you know part of a underrepresented society. And moving on to um, international um, regions, either be it Singapore or now in Australia, there's always the element of being considered a racial minority and then, or a person of color, and then adding to your sexual orientation that kind of brings this element of intersection, which is largely underrepresented in, in, in the community mm -hmm. that I come from. So because of that, um, um, I do um, feel that the, the aspect of not living up to the, the expectations of what your environment sets you to be is kind of like a natural progression. So if you look at the, the way how imposter syndrome is defined or even the kind of people who, who are um, expected to feel that way, a significant percentage of that uh, crowd are from an underrepresented environment who largely feel like they're imposters. For example, like um, 75 percent of women who are in executive positions feel that way or you know like nearly <laughs> 80 percent of all women in various corporate roles feel that way so it, it's a, it's a it's a combination of multiple systemic variables like gender or, or race or orientation age it could be religion it could be a social class so it all comes to the notion of what a normative has been defined to you as from a very young age and how you are told to conform to that normative definition and the more and more you stand out of that normative or you feel left out of the normative, the more you are inclined to feel as an imposter. So it's very common uh, among people, especially who are young, to feel that way in this day and age because there is so much of social pressure to um, constantly seek validation. And not just young people, even people who have been extremely accomplished in their own rights, for example, like Maya Angelou and Michelle Obama mm. and many others, um, there are like so much of uh, evidences available that despite being, you know, like um, part leaders in their own rights, they have been made to feel that way. So you can be a perfectionist, you can be an individualist, you can be um, a natural achiever, but it still doesn't limit you from being um, um, like or feeling like an imposter like an imposter yes so so for so for me there is no one set of people who feel that way but there it's it's common enough and it is general enough that we need to talk about these things because it's it could be you it could be me it could be the person that we think who are our um inspiring you know um leaders who we want to follow so there is no one set of people who i think who experience this but the symptoms are very common Absolutely. I do agree with that, Reno. And like you said, um, there's no one person who experiences it or one uh, particular sect of people, right? And the more uh, we feel alienated from a particular role or, or from the definition of normal, the more we feel like imposters. Like you also said, like the normative doesn't match up over there. And so when did you realize that um, you didn't want to... Uh, fall into that particular normative category or you knew that okay my normal is different and that is absolutely okay how did you how did your journey move from feeling like an imposter to overcoming that fear of normal or not being normal well um for me it, it came about 
I would say in my later teens, because that's that's the time that one starts to reflect on who one who one truly is and where one's interest lies and you know the path that you want to take in the life ahead. So there is there is a sudden moment of um, revelation that you feel that you are slightly different from the environment that you are in and um, the stress that comes from from that feeling of being different. You know, so you want your identity to not be so different because you want to fit in. You want to fit into your social circle. You want to fit into the, the structure of how your family is, your social environment is, your, your peer group is, you know. So it, it started from that age. So from a very young age, I constantly felt uh, a little out of norm, especially with my um, um, identity as a, as a gay person. So, you know, uh, it started with that, but also as I progressed towards my university and later on towards my professional career, there was this need to hide that part of my identity, you know, because um, there was this constant uh, fear of not feeling psychologically safe because, you know, you never know when it can be used against you or, you know, when you, you might feel vulnerable as a result of exposing mm. that side of yourself. So it was this constant state of, um, of, of questioning that I had within myself, which kind of limited me to um, be open about my identity in my environment. And that created a lot of um, uh, necessity to kind of wear this mask. So I had to constantly um, um, put myself in an environment where I would, I would conduct myself in a certain way I would dress myself in a certain way, and I would I, even even if I had to express myself, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a natural progression of what I would want to say. I would want to like do a few filtering of how it should be said, rather mm -hmm. than what I would naturally want to say about a certain thing. So there was there was an overlap of many different aspects which had to be that way over a certain period of time because of the environment I put myself in. And it was it was not it was not something that I consciously tried to move out of, but it 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 only occurred to me that much later on that um, it it had to be a very conscious and self-driven motive for me to push myself out of this environment, and that's when I I I started to embrace whatever it is that differentiated me, which became the aspect which is unique about every person, you know. So. You, you, you start questioning like whether um, the kind of work that you uh, put in, the kind of thoughts that you share with your peers in your projects, or even if it is some uh, outcome that you have achieved, whether, whether it is good enough, whether if it is some other person who, who might have been in that position, if they could have done it differently or they, mm -hmm. they could have done it better. And is it because people around you are um kind of settling in for this outcome because this you who has done this so there's always this question of what is good and is it good enough so um i, I would say for me it, it came largely from my own um personal identity and um i think in in my growing up both as a person um in my environment and both with myself i kind of start to started to embrace that difference which is which was my moment of um, um, epiphany, I would say. And you must have really felt uh, good when you finally decided, okay, this is a time I should open up and uh, I should accept who I am. Like my sexual orientation doesn't really define what I do and how I do things. It is myself who define it. If um, And 
you raise a very important point over there saying that you stood up for yourself at some point and i think that is what a lot of uh, us cannot really do when we are uh, going through something when we feel like uh, if it's not enough uh, what we are doing off or when we start um, judging ourselves on the basis of what other people would think i think that's when uh, we lose our own identity as people yeah absolutely i i would say um a lot of it comes from you um spending a lot of time reflecting about yourself in your own space and also trying to have that uh, that uh, that mindset where you consciously um reiterate to yourself that where you are and what you're doing is actually meaningful and that it is in the best interest of you growing up as a person and it is good for you to keep carrying on in this path because that is that is the mindset that you want to put yourself in you want to improve you want to get the best mm. version of yourself you want to be useful to the people around you and if possible to the larger community you know so it's it's a it's a conscious decision that you that you have to take and um for, and and the journey is very individual to each person you know um that moment when you realize this alignment of um all of your of of your intentions it happens or it should happen organically it can't be forced so i i would i would strongly recommend um to give yourself that time to allow yourself that space and have that intention so that at some point it all just gels together no definitely uh here's a very important point again uh and and you said that uh, it is really important that uh, we do not compare our stories to someone else's like everyone has a different journey and the moment we start comparing uh, our journey to others journey and uh, seeing the a positive compar- comparison is always good it's healthy right but when we start comparing to an extent that it starts having negative effects on us it becomes difficult for us ourselves to cope uh, with things we start forgetting whatever we've achieved why we did it how we did it over there and um, having said that um, how do you make sure that you do not start comparing yourself again to other people like what strategies do you use to take care of your mental health on a day to day basis yeah you're absolutely right shubham like um setting your own goal posts is very important and um i think especially for people who are younger um it is very important that you set your own standards for yourself and that comes from a lot of introspection it comes from a lot of uh reflection on what your strengths are and also accepting your weaknesses to a certain degree because a lot of um times we seek validation or we or we compare ourselves to um people who are immediately in our vicinity or not necessarily in our vicinity to people who we might not even know but there is this strong sense of um who am i and why am i here and what am i doing and everybody in my age group is doing x y and z and people who are younger than me are influencers for example but here am i and what does my being contribute to in the larger realm of things but um what is what is good about self introspection is that it kind of points to you your own unique uh place in this in this expanse 
<laughs> maybe it's a bit spiritual, but there is a space that you own and that space is yours. And you bring value by making the best use out of that space. So for, for me, um, my introspection goes with um, what my unique abilities are. And if those abilities can actually contribute collectively to something larger than what I could think of, hmm. that's, 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 that's my goalpost. I might not be able to, you know, uh, be an Olympian or, you know, be an astronaut, but I can be good at certain things, which I know I'm good at. And that requires one to, to, to spend some time with, with self have a digital detox, you know, move away from the, from the hustle and bustle around you, um, have, some, have some space for yourself. And in that space, try to maybe, if, if, if it, it can be very basic as, you know, listing down uh, some of the things that you want to achieve in life and what are the strengths that you have that might take you a step closer to that goal on, on a daily basis, what you can do to improve that skill. And when you start doing that collectively over a period of time, you have just put yourself on a growth mindset and you have um, improved yourself from where you started. And that's how you keep going forward because there is no one ultimate target. You always keep pushing your goalposts. Once you have gotten from A to B, then you go from B to C. So there's always this, this trick of the trade of what you can do at each um, part of your journey that might be an add to what you already have. So towards the end of your journey, you might look back and see that you have added so many skill sets on the way and that's how you improve. So I think, I think that's how I see it as, you know. No, that's perfectly said. And I really um, get your point where you say that uh, the reflection is really important. And um, you also mentioned something about the growth mindset that we need to move from. And I think... Um, when you are going through something and uh, you are looking forward to something as well, it is really important that we also understand what is our state of mind and uh, how are we looking at things and how are we perceiving it. And the transition into the growth mindsets, uh, the growth mindset can really make a lot of difference in our lives. And thank you so much for sharing that entire story and your reflections. Now, before we end, uh, if you had one advice to give to your younger self, what would that be, Rano? So, well, I have a lot of advice that I would give myself. <laughs> you want me to pick one? Uh, here's what I would, I would, I would tell myself to um, take myself out of an environment where I'm not valued, and hmm. not let the people in that environment make you feel lesser than what you truly worth. What's your true true worth is, you know. So um, a lot of times you might just do yourself good by taking yourself out of an environment which is toxic, where you don't feel like you belong, where you're not appreciated, and just you're better off putting yourself in a better place where you, you are valued for what you bring to the table, where your uh, individualism is valued. And that is something that I would like to tell myself, uh, to my younger self at least, because that can... Uh, create a lot of um, questioning within yourself because you place your worth based on how everyone around you values you. So mm -hmm. you, you, you can never let um, another person or a, a certain group of people or your environment define your worth. It is you who needs to have that power. 
and to 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 be able to embrace that you need to put yourself in an environment where you can own who you truly are so for me that would be an advice that i would give myself because uh, the environmental factors shouldn't define you as a person irrespective of your age but of course that um awareness only comes as you grow older so wow that's really really good advice and i think uh, it is important like you said that you surround yourself with people who appreciate you and who helps you grow in the long run because that is what's going to make a difference and at times uh, it is also important uh, when you reflect you reflect on the people you surround yourself with as well so on that note as well uh, reno it reminds me of a, a very famous quote by tyrion lannister from game of thrones never forget what you are the rest of the world will not wear it like armor and it can never be used to hurt you that's perfect sums <laughs> up sums it up really well uh, thank you so much i know i know it takes immense courage to share your story and be vulnerable in front of so many people who are going to listen to it and through this podcast i hope that the ones who are listening to it uh, understand that it is all right to not uh, fit yourself in the norms of what people think uh, is norm- normal it is all right to be different it is all right to not be okay and it is all right to stand up for yourself and define who you are from what you do and uh, thank you once again reno and i hope that uh, whoever is listening gets something really positive out of it and at any point of time if you feel overwhelmed do reach out to the services that unsw is offering and even outside Ment- your mental health is really important and do take care of it thank you so much thank you so much shubham um i really enjoyed uh, the session and it was a good uh, moment for me to also you know go back down my memory lane and uh, reflect on all the you know pit stops that i've had and the journey that i've been through so uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity and i hope uh, to all those who are listening um really your value is truly something that will make you who you are and at some point in life you will appreciate the differences that you that you possess so embrace it and own it and um when you need help please reach out